done for me Jesus to fully praise you It will take all eternity going to hell 
And I didn't even if as long as you don't think about it, it it's not right. Is that how it is? As long as you don't think about hell, then it doesn't exist. Well, that's not true. But the Lord, He spoke into my heart into into the darkness. And he, he said, the enemy, you know, the enemy thought he had me. But you know what Jesus said? I'm his. He said, you are mine. And you can have that today. And Vadon, I thank you for that word that you said. Because, you know, up here talking in front of people, I have extreme anxiety. You know, it's not the same as getting up here and leading worship. You know, you've got, you've got the words on, on the screen if, if you... Um, forget them but you know I, I know what Jesus did to my in my life and what he did to my heart and he turned turned my heart around he turned my thinking around the things I wanted to do anymore I didn't want to do and I mean the things I wanted back up sorry I didn't want to do the things that I used to do anymore and you know I, I really I thought Carlin would just come right along with me but it didn't work that way and, you know, I could have easily given up and went back partying and stuff because, you know, he, he was supposed to come along with me, but he didn't. So for 11 years, you know, I, it was one day at a time, but I kept praying over and over. But you know what? Jesus didn't leave me, even though things didn't work out, you know, as fast as I wanted it to. Jesus never left me. He kept answering little every few months or something I mean things would happen in our relationship and I knew that he was there so I just want to say if you're here if you're here without a spouse especially don't give up continue praying you know you don't know the Lord just continues to speak into their life and he did and then you know I'm so thankful right now just to be doing ministry with my husband and I'm thankful that the Lord changed our lives. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven. And spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my
that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me testimony Sunday but I just got to add a little bit to that when the Lord when the Lord came into my life this is I'm the one she's talking about okay <laughs> she's telling these things about her husband <laughs> I love her dearly but I was 35 years old before I accepted the Lord as my Savior and something changed inside here something changed something made me want to do things differently than I'd done. Something made me want to sing. And something made me want to make me praise. Something in me changed me. It changed my life. Well, that something is not a something. That something is a person. He is the Holy Spirit living inside of me. That's who's changed me. God has changed me. And I'm just, I've got a song to sing now. It's not about singing. It's about what we're doing. We're praising the Lord. And that's what is in my heart today. Let's praise Him. Let's do that. 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 I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. Fight for me. 
Let's sing, let's praise. 
praise the Lord. I know what the Lord has done in my life. I am not afraid to praise the Lord. I'm not afraid to praise the Lord. You guys afraid? No, not afraid. We didn't come to church to be afraid. I know we didn't. We came to church to praise the Lord because I know, like me, I know a lot of you have been set free from whatever's going on in your life. You've been set free from that. We have come to collectively praise the Lord. We have come to grow from one another. We don't. We didn't come to get scared. I know we came to praise the Lord. I know we praise. Let's praise Him just a little bit more. Let's praise Him just a little bit, just a little bit more. One, two, three. Come on. Come on. We're going to praise him a little more. sing hallelujah. We're going to shout hallelujah on three. Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. Turn to someone and greet them. Hug their neck. Shake their hand. Say good morning. Hallelujah. Yes. Envision while we were worshiping there, uh, people with strongholds, people with things they're dealing with in here, things the enemy is bringing against you. I just envision during worship that as we praise and lift up the name of Jesus, then obviously our focus is going to be on him. And when we resist the enemy and what he's telling us in our mind, he has to flee from us in the middle of our praise. So if you were one of those that were shouting out and praising this morning, the enemy's leaving you in that, in that moment. He's got to go. It's Baptism Sunday. But I don't see the baptism. That's because two brave souls decided they wanted to go old school, and we're going out to the pond after church. Woo! 
So, I was offered a wetsuit and waders, but I said if they can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> so I know it'll be a little, little cool outside, so after church, when you go get your kids and everything, please stick around if you can and celebrate the baptisms uh, after church out in the freezing cold water. <laughs> Can't wait. I might preach for two hours today. See what we... <laughs> All right, let's, let's get into the word today. What makes a church great? We talked about last week that our... Help them, Jesus. Testimony. Testimony speaks of a great church. What people are saying about us outside of here should be uh, a testimony of God's goodness and what he's doing in our lives, what he's doing in the lives of the church. So our testimony is one way to tell uh, if we're in a great church. Our testimony and what people are saying about us and, and are sharing our testimony with others as well. Um, and you guys also gave me a lot of great things that make our church great. I'm not trying to be boastful, but a lot of things that go into what happens on Sundays, what goes on throughout the week. There's a lot of details that you maybe don't see all the time that makes us full of great people in this church that serve the Lord and walk out what they say they believe. But did you know that some people think that you can consider a church great if they have a large congregation? Because of course only a great church could draw that many people, right? It must be great because bigger is better. If your church isn't big, then you're not doing something right. Everybody's like, are you being serious? But the problem with thinking this way is that bigger is not always better. I'm getting to it. <laughs> if our goal is just to get bigger, then, then we might make the mistake of asking people how they want to do church. And then we got Burger King. You can have it your way. And that's how we'll cater our church to you. Because we want to bring a bunch of people in. You can have it your way. We, you want great music? We can do that. Uh, you want preaching that doesn't convict you of sin? We can do that. You want lots of programs for your whole family? We can do that. You want to be treated like you're a celebrity because you give a lot of tithes? We can do that. You want a gorgeous building to put all that inside of? We can do that too. But we can do all of those things and still not be a great church. We can have a large crowd and not be a great church. Just because the church is bigger doesn't automatically make it better. A lot of bigger churches, if they are not careful, will blend in with the world instead of being biblically based. And that's how they get people to come in because we look too much like the world. All right, so maybe small church is the way to go. Way too many, if you think about it though, way too many small churches are really close to closing their doors. We've seen it all over the country. You know, one of the reasons for that, I believe, is all their long-standing traditions have become their idols. They say, we've always done it this way. And they, can, they continue to do it that way and they find out that the next generation is not part of their church. And when you're not reaching the next generation and investing in them, your church will die. And you say, well, the gospel never changes, Rick. 
You're right. The message of Jesus does not change, but our methods do over the years. Churches cannot continue on if they, they have lifeless preaching, they have apathetic music, and there's no joy, there's uncon- unconcerned people sitting in the pews. You will not sustain yourselves by operating like that. And I'm saying all this not to be mean and cruel. I'm saying this that here at Orchardville. Our mission statement is to reach, teach, and serve. Amen. All of it based on Jesus, the gospel of Jesus. If we're not doing that, then we're just as unconcerned as anybody else going to a church. And we're unconcerned about being a church where God can move and do what he wants to do. How can we as a church fulfill the great commission if we have so much omission of Jesus and his ways? We can't. We can't do that. So again, last week we talked about how our personal testimony and the testimony of our church shows if we are a great church. We're going to continue on in that this morning. And find out what else makes a church great. Am I saying it right today? Yes. (laughs) We were in Romans last week. If you'll go back to Romans chapter 1. And we were in 8 through 15. But I'm just going to lock in on verse 9 this morning. Romans chapter 1 verse 9. It is extra toasty up here today. or I'm a little excited about Jesus. It won't be so toasty after church. I'll tell you that. Romans 1, 9. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Again, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. So this morning... We're going to look at serving and prayer as evidence of a great church. Serving and prayer. Now, when Paul was converted, the gospel of Jesus subjected Paul's spirit to God's son. I'm all about serving him. I am all about Jesus. I'm all about his spirit, my spirit aligning. And after he came to Jesus, he knew that he wanted to serve and that he wanted to pray. He wanted to intercede on people's behalves. And it consumed him just like sharing the gospel consumed him. Now, as I read this and bring this today, I have to ask myself, am I consumed by the things of God? So much so that I will do whatever I need to do to serve. I will do whatever I need to do in my prayer closet. I will do whatever I need to do with the gospel of Jesus and sharing it that it consumes me. That it's all I'm about. That's what I'm known for. We should all want that. Every one of us in here should subject our spirit to Jesus. And why should we do that? Because of the gospel. Because of what Jesus did for us. As believers, we have found salvation in Jesus. He delivered us from sin. He delivered us from death. I'm not afraid of dying because I know where I'm going. Because Jesus died on the cross, he rose from the dead, and I don't have to go to hell. I'm guaranteed to go to heaven. That's the gospel of Jesus. And when we stop and think about life before Jesus, that we were enslaved by sin, that we were actually going to die in that sin and have to give an account to God, and we would find out that we're on our way to hell. But Jesus said, you are mine. He died for all of us. 
And we'd be foolish not to accept the salvation that's found in Jesus. That's foolish not to do that. Accept him. We'd be foolish not to subject our spirit to Jesus. And we'd be foolish not to serve and pray because of what Jesus has done for us. Let's talk about serving for just a little bit. Serve is a labor of hire, service that is bought. Now Paul says, I serve with the spirit and the gospel of his son. The believer's labor, our labor, our service is bought and paid for by the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. First <laughs> Corinthians six nineteen and 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And then Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. We owe our service and our labor to the Lord. We do it in his name. Once we surrender to the gospel, we have no choice. I don't see how anybody has a choice when you think about what Jesus has done, how much love he's poured into your life. You have no other choice but to labor and work for him. We are to diligently, diligently means showing we care. We are to diligently serve and work for Jesus every day. I do it on Sundays, Rick. I'm out there every day, diligently serving him. Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens means that we should be focused on others and not ourselves. Focused on others as we go about our week and not ourselves. Focused on others that are headed straight to hell and not ourselves and our comfort. To serve them. As Christians, we're not meant to carry things alone. You guys know that, right? A lot of times we want to we walk around with this heaviness and these things that we're carrying, but we're not meant to carry that stuff alone. You are meant to serve each other. So if you're dealing with something, you need to call one of us in the church, call me, call a staff member, call somebody that you sit by and let them know I'm dealing with this right now and let them help you carry that. It's a lonely road when you try to carry something by yourself. It's a lonely road. Bear one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. We serve each other and we're, we are to serve God in our spirit and in our body. Okay. The spirit controls the body. What the spirit does, the body does. Does that make sense? Therefore, if the believer is serving God in spirit, he is serving God with his body as well. If a man's spirit is right, then his body's going to be right. For example, someone may feel bad. They may feel down. 
They may be depressed. They may be oppressed. But if their spirit is strong, then they're going to get up out of those feelings and conquer them because their spirit man's right. They control and overcome the circumstances in the physical by keeping ourselves spiritually strong. But if your spirit is weak, you're going to wallow around in self-pity. You're going to be grumbling. You're going to be complaining. You're going to live a defeated life when your spirit man's not right. And when that happens, your days stretch into weeks and weeks into months until all that person's life is down. It's down way more than it's up. All because the spirit is too weak to conquer and win. So your spirit man has to be strong because we're going to face things. We're going to go through things. We're going to have some burdens to carry. So serve God in our spirit and in our body. We are to keep our spirit strong. And as we do that, we conquer our emotions. And some of you are extremely emotional. But we can conquer those things and our spirit is strong. Okay? And we overcome our weaknesses. In my weaknesses, he is strong. We, and when we serve this way, we can serve God to the fullest. We can do what he's asked us to do and operate in the gifts that he's given us. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In Deuteronomy 10.12, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Everything within me should cry out, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. Whatever that looks like, I want to serve you. And to be a great church, we need to be willing to serve. And I'm not just talking about inside here during our services. We need to be willing to serve others outside of here. And that can look like so many different things. It may look like sitting with somebody while they're struggling and hurting and just listening. It may look like helping somebody at Walmart because they can't pick something, anything. Serve the Lord. Let his love shine through. We also have to be a church that prays. And you guys, you're probably getting sick of me saying this, but we have to be a praying church. That's got to be a necessity. The gospel of Jesus stirred Paul up so much that he prayed without ceasing. How many get tired of praying? Not tired of praying, but you get, you draw blanks after two minutes. I've thrown it all out there, Lord. I've got nothing left. We can pray without ceasing, without stopping. Paul was a man of intercessory prayer, a man who always prayed for others. A lot of the time, and I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but a lot of time when we go to God, we're praying for something for ourselves. When there are, that's fine, but there's also a lot of needs amongst the people and people you don't even know that you can be praying for. Pray, pray, pray. He started this scripture with, God is my witness. He called upon God to bear witness with what he was praying. He didn't just talk about praying. He didn't just say, Pastor Rick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start praying more. I'm going to do it. He did not just tell people he would be praying for them. That's so easy for us. That's such a cop-out. Talking to myself. 
It just happened a Wednesday or two ago. Me and Aaron were talking to somebody, and they were talking about needing prayer. And I think I just got done talking about it on Wednesday. And my first instinct is, well, like all of most of us probably, we'll be praying, right? Who does it? Just me? Anybody else? I'll be praying for you. I've told you this too, that it makes such a difference in a believer, in somebody's faith, and encouraging for the encouragement for them if you will stop right there and pray. Rick, that's not always convenient. I don't care. Interruptions are ministry. So I've been told around here, okay, they're part of ministry. So wherever I'm at and I hear a need, you know, I've really picked, when I've, I've started asking God to show me more, and guess what he's doing? <laughs> he's showing me more. I mean, everybody I run into in public now has got something wrong with them. <laughs> Kidding me? I was at Walmart last week, and the guy's like, man, my shoulder's really hurting. I'm like, I'm going to pray for you because I'm talking about it. So, but God does that. He, you ask for things, and you say, I want to do this for you, Lord. He'll give you opportunities to serve him, to pray. Jump on those opportunities and do it. Paul, he didn't pretend to pray. He was praying. And he didn't just spend a few minutes in, in religious exercise and say the same thing over and over. He was praying. He really prayed. And he took the time to ask God to strengthen and help other people. I'll take your praise, your pray, not your praise, <laughs> prayers every day. I'll take them. Because ministry is difficult. It's hard. I'll take those every day. Pray for me. Pray for people around you in your area. Um, pray for your friends, pray for your family, pray for churches, pray for people you don't even know, that they be encouraged. Psalm 5.3 says, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. Psalm 55.17, evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. And again, he even prayed for people in churches that he didn't know. And last week we talked about that he only knew a few believers in this church of Rome from uh, encounters outside of Rome. So he never met most of them, but he was praying for them here. And the word of God is strong towards us in this, that we are to pray. We are to communicate with God. Pray for all believers throughout the world. Not just your close friends, not just your family members. Pray, pray, pray. And extend it. Start with 30 seconds and then build on that. Build on it. Luke 18, 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that, me, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. I found when I stop talking to God, my life starts going downhill. Things start changing because I've lost heart because I'm not talking to the creator of the universe, my God. I'm not talking to him. Philippians 4, 6, 7, be anxious for nothing. Isn't it amazing how God does this? <laughs> Vadon, Justine, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 1 Chronicles 16, 11, seek the Lord and his strength, seek, seek his face evermore I've been asking God a lot 
on, on intercessory prayer, on praying for people, putting opportunities in front of me to serve, to pray. And like I said earlier, he's doing that. And sometimes I'm like, whoa, okay, I get it. I get it. And I, didn't, I probably didn't see those things before, but I see them now. I see all the ways that God wants me to step out in faith and pray with people and serve people and make it about others and not about me. That's the way Jesus walked around this earth. He served. He prayed. And I'm, I'm, I, this is what I'm praying right now, so watch out. I'm praying for God to give me words of knowledge for people that I don't even know. To show them how real God is. That the Holy Spirit can use us in powerful ways. I want to be able to walk up to people and say, I know you've been dealing with some back pain for about four or five weeks right now. I'd love to pray for you. And I want to see their face go. But God operates that way today. He's still that same God. The Holy Spirit still works today in those ways. I've had it happen a couple times in my ministry where I spoke into somebody something that was downloaded right from the Holy Spirit and it was true for them. So I want to walk up and know people's business. And when I say watch out, that goes for my church people too. Where they can't hide anything from me. I can just read them like a book because the Holy Spirit's showing me things. Everybody's wondering if I'm walking up to you right now. <laughs> but I want to operate in that. To let people know that God loves them. That, that, that there's a savior named Jesus for the ones that are hopeless, that are walking around hurting and thinking there's no point in life anymore, that Jesus loves them. I want to pray for people. I want to have the boldness and courage to pray for people whenever they need it, right then. I want to serve. I want our, us as a church to serve people. Our praise team would come back up to make the church great. And, and I, again, like I said last week, obviously, and first and foremost, God's got to be the center of everything as a church. We have to follow the direction of his Holy Spirit as we operate week to week, day to day, minute by minute. Serving is actually discipleship in action. You're showing people. Serving is a part of our identity as Christ followers. Serving shows me and shows other people that I can love them in a genuine, real way. And it, and it blows my mind. Some people, when you try to serve them, you try to help them, they'll say, what are you doing this for? Or what do I have to give you? Or what do you want out of this? And you just say, Nothing. Jesus loves you, and I want to serve. I want to show his love to you. Did you know also in the Bible, there's a, there's a scripture in Ezekiel 22 that talks about God's not going to complete his work unless we pray? Think about that. He's not going to complete his work. The things we might want to see happen in Orchardville are not going to happen until we pray for it, until we're seeking him. For lack of prayer in the Bible, God destroyed nations and governments and individuals. And God's always looking for people 
to pray within his church. I'm, we're looking for people within Orchardville Church to pray, to pray. But we can be like Israel before us and we can often forget and fail to pray. Instead of praying, taking some time out of our days to pray, we prioritize our family, which God should be before, right? Money, our education, entertainment. And, and I got to thinking about this and I shared this with uh, Amber McLean this week when she was interviewing me. I was talking about this message a little bit. Do you realize in our services that we sometimes take more time for announcements than we do for prayer? That hit me hard. That there needs to be a time in every single service where we just seek the Lord and we pray and we pray and we pray. And I wonder, you know, I'm talking about this as a church that we need to pray, but do our individual prayer lives look any different? It's not complicated. I think we, we make it too complicated just talking to God. Just talk to him. <clears throat> Give thanks when you open up your prayer. Make sure your heart's clean and pure and you ask for forgiveness of anything before you approach God's throne to ask for things and request things. And then thank him some more when you're done praying. We've got to set time aside to pray and we've got to be about serving others. Serving others. We talked about this in our membership class this morning. Of course, I want always, I've said it since the beginning, I want 100% participation in our church because it shows me you want to serve, you want to be like Jesus and you care about what this church is doing. You want to be a part of that. If you'll stand this morning. There's some people hurting this morning. I could, I could sense that. And I could probably walk up to a few people and just say three words and they would break down. Some people just in here this morning just need to know that Jesus loves you. Because you're hurting so much right now, you're struggling so much right now with, with feeling like anybody really cares that you're around, but Jesus loves you and it is the greatest love you can ever experience in your life so I'm going to encourage you this morning if that's you or you don't know you don't know the Lord and like Justine said oh she was baptized when she was little but she didn't understand what it meant to surrender like everything I have Lord is yours all this hurt, all this pain, all the things I've been through, I don't want to carry those anymore. And guess what? You don't have to. You can be forgiven. Your whole life can be transformed into a new creation in Jesus. And your past is not your identity anymore. You're a new creation in Jesus. And you can have that this morning. So they're going to sing and we're going to pray as a church. If you don't have a need, please pray at your seat for those around you, for the ones that come to the altar. If you need to know that Jesus loves you this morning and that your identity is not found in things that you've done or things that people have said about you is found in Christ, if you need to know that, please come this morning and experience his love. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, please come this morning and we'll pray with you. 
and introduce you to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you'll have the Holy Spirit inside of you that strengthens you every single day. Let's pray. Father, right now we just come to you and we thank you for who you are. And God, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made by sending Jesus to the cross for us. And Father, he took the beating, he took the shame, he took everything upon himself, Father. Lord, he died in our place, my place. Substitute your name in right there. He died in Rick's place, my place, so that I can be forgiven and that I won't have to spend eternity in hell. He, he forgives my sins. He washes it all away. He changes my past. And then I walk in the newness and this new creation of being one of Jesus's disciples and one that he loves and one that says, you're going to be with me in paradise. I'm never going to die because I believe in Jesus. So father, I pray for hearts today. Maybe that don't know you in here, Father, they come to know you. They would step out of that seat. They would come down here to this altar and they would surrender their life, their hurts, their failures, their, their sins to you right now, God. Lord, others in here, if they need healing in their body, Father, you still work miracles today. And we stand on that. We believe that your Holy Spirit is power. We ask right now, Father, that hearts just be submitted to you. Or if they're struggling and serving, let them come. Or if they're struggling in their prayer life, Lord, pour it on them to pray. Just to keep praying. And just set the atmosphere for you to do what you want to do in this place. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
desperately want to tell you don't wait don't wait don't wait I've, I've learned that life is fragile and that we're not guaranteed an extra day an extra minute an extra breath and that you need to know Jesus as your Savior you need to have relationship with him this morning if you don't know him so I'm gonna give just a, just a minute here just feel like there's still there may be somebody here that doesn't know Jesus as your Savior you're not experiencing that love you Right now, you're, you have an emptiness in your life. You've been turning to other things to try to fulfill that emptiness. And right now, God's saying to you, I gave my son Jesus for you, and I love you. I love you, and you're loved so much. And you don't have to walk around in defeat anymore. You don't have to walk around in pain anymore. You are loved. And my son Jesus died for you. So right now, church, if you'll just pray for this, this person, maybe it's more than one that just... You don't know the Lord as your Savior, and I'm afraid if you walked out of here and God forbid something did happen, you don't know, and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you reality. You need Jesus in your life this morning. There's no, it's no accident that you're here right now at this moment hearing this message about a God who loves you that sent his son to die for you. So as they continue singing, let's pray. If you're too scared to come up, pull somebody by the hand, let them come with you. And surrender your life to Jesus this morning. Please don't wait.
Amen, amen, amen. I love when prodigals come home to Jesus. Amen. I still feel, I'm not going to drag it out, but I feel like there's people that you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You may be here, you may have been in church a long time, but you've never made that commitment to him to surrender your life. Please get a hold of me this week or get a hold of somebody. I'm serious. I take, I'm so urgent with that now with, with losing Jackson and, and losing my mom. Just life is but a vapor. It's missed and it's gone. And then you don't have, you don't have time after that. So please, please, please don't hesitate on those things. Reach out and talk with somebody. Got a lot of people that'll love on you here at the church in this congregation. We do have a great church. Um, I just, we just need to be reminded sometimes of what makes up that great church. And again, God being in the middle of everything, the center of what we do, the love in this place has to be right and good in order for God to use us the way he wants to use us. Remember to serve him. Remember to pray. We want the testimony uh, throughout the communities to be Orchardville Church loves God with everything they have and they will serve and they will pray. I don't know if we'll start in this more next week or we'll shift gears a little bit, but all I know now is I'm about to freeze. Uh, CA and Bailey just meet me in the back hallway real quick after church, but then Brett and Haley are going to meet me in the pond. I really did think about just kicking them in. <laughs> but we're going to celebrate their decisions with that today. Please hang around if you can. I put on Facebook to dress warm. Always check our page for little updates. I try to bring some encouragement and news and what's happening with the church on there. Uh, so check that. Uh, and pick up your kids before you go outside, okay? Pick up your kids, bundle up, and we'll meet you out by the pond. You are not dismissed. You are.